me take you back to the beginning of this year of 2020. Everything seemed on track to be a pretty good year for most people. What happened? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I can remember we got back to Florida just a little bit later than normal last year. We left after the first of the year, about the 9th or 10th of, of January. And my plans were to spend a pretty good amount of time in Florida till maybe April, maybe even as late as May. Had some things to do in the radio business at WRMI that I wanted to get done. And I had some things in my church life that I wanted to get done. And so we went home to Florida to be with our family down there as well. And everything started out just fine. I was doing my work and we started hearing some news. You remember the news you heard about this strange virus over in Asia. Most people didn't think much about it because, you know, the news stories were telling us the WHO says not to fear. It's not really contagious to humans. But as time went on, the stories began to change. And in February, as I've told you on the program a few months ago, I got called out of retirement. I've done some work in emergency management. So I was asked to assist a county, a large one, in a preparation of this pandemic or whatever they were thinking it was going to be, would get worse. And so I made arrangements to travel up to the state of North Carolina. And I did by the end of February. And for the next couple of few months, I was up there with this whole new pandemic that started out as nothing. I can remember I was preaching at a church in February on the topic of fear not. And nobody really knew at that point, was this going to be serious or a problem here in the United States? Well, as I look back now and I think about it carefully, I have no other conclusion in my mind that this was no accident. It can't be. I mean, we've had things happen before. China's been a, a source of many a virus that has traveled the world in, in recent decades, but nothing on the level of this. In my work in emergency management, I did some research on, on the COVID-type viruses and uh, the coronaviruses, and, and I learned something interesting that a lot of people don't know. Back in 2003 and 2004, there was a SARS COVID virus that was out there. It was rather deadly, but it never traveled that far because the early warning signs were there. Now we're talking, this is 17 years ago when this happened. And we learned a lot about the virus at that time. And many people speculate, and I tend to agree because the evidence is rather substantial that this virus, well, some people in the United States in laboratories started to play around with it and what is called gain of function to see if they could make it a little bit different. Well, those studies got outlawed in the United States and I think through Canada or elsewhere, it ends up with a lot of United States money at a, ready for this, a viral research lab in Wuhan. How about that? With United States money and, and the research continued. Now, whether this was a total accident or, as I like to say, a planned accident, the virus was released 
and it had an impact on killing a tremendous amount of people around the world. And honestly, in my heart, I blame China 100%. They're the ones playing with it. They're the ones that let it get out. They're the ones that lied. They have the WHO in their back pocket, and they lied, and people died. And yet the mainstream media, they want to blame President Trump for everything. It's all his fault. How? I guess in their world... I guess in their world of lies, it can be. I said on yesterday's program that the mainstream media is increasingly becoming demonic, literally demonic. The church has been asleep for too long. We just take things in stride and enjoy our Sundays, and we keep pretending it's going to get better. No, it's not going to happen to us. Everything will be fine where we are. Yet we have a very woke church out there in some quarters, that have walked away from the gospel and they preach a social gospel, and so they're ineffective. Then we have many a lazy Christian that they're so concerned about their building, or were anyway, for a long time, and what they do inside, that they really didn't care about sharing with the world. That's one of the reasons I started this program, Truth to Ponder, to bring insight people and and especially to those in the church. I was thinking before I started putting this show together of a hymn I can remember as a child. I still know it well today. And it's called Rise My Soul to Watch and Pray. Let me read a few of the the verses and then I'll get into our program for today. Rise my soul to watch and pray from thy sleep awaken. Be not by the evil day unawares or taken. For the foe, well we know, oft his harvest reapeth, while the Christian sleepeth. The church has been asleep. The world is doing its thing. Verse 3, watch, let not the wicked world with its power defeat thee. Watch, lest with her pomp unfurled she betray and cheat thee. Watch and see, lest there be faithless friends to charm thee who but seek to harm thee. That's the world we're living in today. And Christians have been asleep in their churches and not paying attention to all that's going on around them. Many people believe much of what is going on in the world today has to do with China getting even and this being used by the elitist in the world, the globalist of the world, the ones that want no borders, the ones that want anybody to vote that can just walk into a voting booth, no matter what their status. The globalists are using this pandemic, whether they planned it or not, I'm not going to quite say yet, but I'm working on that. But let's put it this way. We're on the verge of a global reset. Yesterday's guest was the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. We talked about you know some election shenanigans and a few other things. And we kind of were getting to this topic of the of the global reset. So I bring Dr. Gales back today in the program. Dr. Gales, can you kind of give us a can you explain what is a global reset? You know, the Great Reset has multiple meanings. It was coined by Klaus Schwab from the Davos Institute or 
better yet, the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset is the fourth industrial revolution. It is such a change in society that it will change every single thing about it. Not just the way you and I buy or sell, but the way we think, the way we live, the way we move, the way we breathe, the way we have relationships. Families will be no more. Private ownership will end. You will be taken care of by a central world government there will be no constitution, no civil rights, none of that. They will be the authority. They will provide a digital um, bank account to you, which is nothing more than, let's say, um, a, a card for the company store. And you will be using that to buy what you need. They'll know everything you buy. There's no privacy. Um, the Great Reset is a complete slave state. 100% slave state. It will provide that you give up your entire person, your liberty, your will, your conscience, everything. But they'll take care of you. No worries. They promise to take care of you from cradle to grave. They decide if the cradle even happens, but they also decide when the grave happens. These are things Huxley talked about, Orwell talked about. You know, Orwell wrote 1984, a boot stamping on a human face forever. I think communism and Nazism tried that in one sense, and it didn't really work fully. Huxley talked about the technology dystopia, drugs, technology. Mm -hmm. Hux Huxley in his brave new world, I think he was right. I think he was right because I think that's where we're going. That's where we are. The Great Reset, by the way, has already started. And they've already predicted by the first quarter of 2021, it'll be implemented even more. But if you look at what they're doing, they're not stopping. This coronavirus is the impetus, the cover for the Great Reset. They are imploding every economy to bring the digital economy, which is the Great Reset, which you will not be able to partake in unless you are tracked, traced, numbered, and you will eventually give up every single thing you own, every Amen. private possession. Oh, I know. And you will do it through that vaccine. And the vaccine, here's one thing I have to say. They want to give this vaccine to everybody in the world. In order to do that, as you may know, Bob, vaccines have to have what they call cold storage. You have to have a 30 below uh, degrees in order to... to I think is that you're talking Celsius, not even Fahrenheit in that case. Right, right. Right. And you have to have the vaccine in that the minute it's made till the minute it's administered. Try doing that in the Sahara. Try try taking those vaccines to the top mountains in Nepal and the Himalayas. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be practical. It's not going to work by design, because as I've showed you before, we have what we call the quantum dot micro array patch. That does not need cold storage. That they've barely talked about right now, but it's already designed. That is going to be their fail safe. The first two or three needle vaccines are going to fail. They're going to fail. And then they're going to say, wow, 
look what we've created. And not only that, we don't even have to have cold storage to bring it in. We can mail it to you and you can self-administer. And then we'll send a contact tracer to come over there to make sure you did it. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a friend right now who's in upstate New York. Gentleman from his job came up positive on these uh, bogus PCR tests. Uh, did you know that right now he's quarantined at home for 14 days? The sheriff comes to his house every day to check on him. To make sure he didn't leave. Make sure he's where he's supposed to be. Make sure he hasn't had any symptoms. And to check on him. I really believe something, and I've thought about this a number of times, and I think you and I have shared this thought. Certain governors that have big, enormous egos and think really highly of themselves more than they should, primarily in left-leaning states, and I, I don't use the term liberal because that's an insult to some classic liberals that are actually nice and relatively decent people from 50 or 60 years ago in our country. Like a like a, a Hubert Humphrey, for example, I, he would not be going for any of this kind of stuff today. He'd be standing in opposition. Absolutely. But but what I'm saying, these extreme left leaning elitist or elitist wannabes, they want to be in that top one percent tier that you know have all the privileges, like the Lori Lightfoots of this world, for example, or Governor Prickster from uh, Illinois. These are the ones. And, he, and, and, of course, you know, St. Andrew Cuomo, who did the best job of anybody with the coronavirus in the United right. States. You know, come Murdered on. a lot of people, a lot and of he, elderly. And, he, and you know, he, 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 he believes that. I mean, he's, he is so literally syphilis-brained from all the bad things he's done that he really believes that about himself, that he did a great job. And mm -hmm. I remember him bragging. And this is, unless he repents, this is one brag that he will never be able to escape you know, from the Almighty, he said back, and I remember this, it was right around the 10th or 11th or mid middle of April. I'm still working emergency management, and I'm watching him on TV in one of his great press conferences, you know, sitting there, kind of laid back, you know, hands right in front of him folded, that little look in his eye, and he's talking about how for the first time the death numbers are going down in New York State, and the infection numbers are beginning on the decline. And he goes, prayer did not do that. God did not do that. Uh, faith did not do that. We did that. We did that. You remember when he said that? Yes, I do. Sounded like Satan in, in the garden of God. You know, I will ascend up to the throne. I will sit where the Most High sits. Mm. It sounds very defiant, does it not? It does, and he is. And, and I don't care that he came out of some, you know, Catholic family, maybe got baptized, First Communion and all that goes with it. He certainly, and people go, and I, I, and I got to stop right here, don't bother to say, well, the Bible says, judge not, lest ye be judged. Well, that's not what we're doing here. I'm not judging him. God will judge him for what he did. I'm just exposing, as Jesus says, the fruits that are there for all to see. That's all I'm doing. Here's a man that defied God and said, we did it. God had nothing to do with it. And that's a dangerous thing to ever say that God can't, didn't, you have no clue what God did or did not do, and that's an arrogance. You know, only the fool will say there is no God. Only you know, and and take all the credit for himself. 
And Andrew Cuomo is an absolute fool. We are not to we are not to judge in in a condemnatory way. That we leave that to God. Judgment is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But Amen. here's one thing we do: we don't like division because a division on a false premise is wrong. But not all division is wrong. We divide light from darkness, good from evil, mm-hmm. truth from error. This has been our job for 2,000 years, and we do it based on Scripture and what God has told us to use. We don't do it in a pompous, arrogant way. What you see going on here is what I would call a narcissistic arrogance, and that Satan had. He had. And, And you know what? He's in the playbook. He's in the playbook of uh, the Cloward Piven. He's in the playbook of what the left uses all the time. They think he's great. He's the great rebel. But in the end, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. God will judge it. God will judge it. And so we have to leave it there as much as we'd want to resist and not do that. But we are told to expose the darkness. It may cost us. What, what, What are we called Jesus says that we are the salt and the life of this world, light of this world, salt and light. Now, salt is a preservative back in ancient times. It was a very understood concept of what salt is. We are a preservative. When Christians are gone, you know, Katie bar the door, there's nothing of a conscience to hold things back in this country. We are the salt. And when salt has lost its savor or its saltiness, it's been used or abused or just or just it's not even worth throwing on the ground to trample upon and light. Well, you don't hide your light under a bushel. And there's the problem. The church is not being the salt. It's not being the light in this world. And thus, evil loves to do it. It can in darkness. I'm convinced that the Lori Lightfoots and the Andrew Cuomo's and the Murphy's of, of New Jersey and all the rest are, are, are so full of themselves that they, they just make these pronouncements without any scientific, real science behind it. We'll close the bars at 10. We're going to lock down beginning Monday at 6.30 in the morning, and you can only go out to buy food from the places we allow to be open and you have to be back home. You can't do A, B, C, and D no more. You're you're back under lockdown. I and I besides the fact that I think it it makes their egos inflated, the control that they have. I also think they're testing the waters to see just how far we go before the people really rebel. They have no right to do it, and the fact is that's exactly what they're doing. If we comply, then they win. But then I have to ask a question. Where are the men? Where are the men and women that are willing to stand? You know, when I was a kid, 12 years old, my father said to me this. He said, Tim, he said, integrity is a gift that a man or a woman gives to themselves. Mm -hmm. Nobody can take that from you, but you can lose it by giving it away. Mm -hmm. Where are the men and women of integrity, Bob? They're too busy living their own lives. They've walked away from their church. Church and God have become secondary, tertiary, non-existent in their lives. Uh, they, they, they don't attend. They don't participate. They don't pray. They don't do anything anymore um, because it's 
you know, if it bores them, they don't do it. You know what I mean by that when I say yes. when it bores them. And they're comfortable with what they have right now. But let me tell you something. If they don't stand, they're going to lose even that. Every, even that they're going to lose. And those that run around, you know, even long before the, this, you know, CDC statement, oh, the mask, hey, it protects you. Now, we that, because I think here's what's happened. The narrative they started using back in, what, May, June, maybe it was July, probably our May or June, uh, your mask protects me and my mask protects you. That's what we heard all the way since they started um, having people run around like, you know, wearing their little mask. You know, the idea was to shame you that you can't be that selfish. Well, a lot of people aren't really complying so much with that. And so now the idea is, hey, it also now protects you, too. It never did the past 45 years of double-blind test, but somehow it does now. And that little doily that you sewed together or that piece of paper you bought from China um, suddenly is, an, is a magic barrier now to the coronavirus. And it's the, where is the real – where is the study? Where is the raw data? That I cannot find. Where are the people? You know, there is a, there's there's a, a, an individual in our country who not many years ago, and he was nobody super special. He was a lawyer. But he turned around. He looked at the men sitting before him, and he said this in the House of Burgesses. He goes, the war has already begun, and the next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field and we stand here idle. What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased to the price of chains and slavery? And then he turns around, he said, forbid it, almighty God. And he did something nobody did. He slammed the desk and he said, I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. That was Patrick Henry. And you know what? Most don't even know who he is anymore. I know our our history and our country has been. You have people now that are not even being taught about World War II. They're not being taught about the Holocaust or being taught about none of it. They They barely even have heard of Vietnam. They couldn't tell you where it is on a map. Yet these are the guys and people that are graduating from, you know, from Harvard and Yale. That's where they're coming out of. They, they, they don't know what sixth graders knew 50 years ago. No. And it was, it, was an, it was a Baptist minister who looked at that, heard it, and he wrote down men were beside themselves. And Colonel Edward Carrington, one of the many people watching the proceedings, through the church windows was so moved, he stood and proclaimed to his fellow spectators, let me be buried buried at this spot. You, did you know decades later, his wife honored that? Mm. And he was buried where Patrick Henry said that. Listen, we are in a time where we need men and women who have, as my Italian friend would say, coraggio, courage. Mm-hmm. And we need it now because we are going to lose everything. And we are about to enter a new dark age, which is going to last for a millennia. Let me tell you, there's one thing that comes to mind. And we've talked about this in a roundabout way before. 
the New World Order is carefully picking the winners and the losers in this whole game. Who are the biggest winners right now in in terms of retail? Amazon and the big box stores. Because many of the small stores and, and non-chain restaurants, they're gone. They're suffering. Some held on, some barely. You know, and I, I was, the other day, my wife and I got out for a while, and we had to go up to take care of some stuff on our car. And we went to this shopping center where prior to the coronavirus, there were three restaurants in this old shopping center, all privately owned, not a chain among them. Two of the three are now gone. I mean, their doors are closed forever because they couldn't survive. And they had their little farewell notices on the door. Thank you for letting us serve you for 15 years or whatever the case may be. But because of the pandemic, they went bankrupt. And nobody nobody talks about that. The 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 uh, Cuomos of this world, you know, both the brothers, you know, the idiot on CNN that shouldn't be watched by anybody that has an IQ over room temperature because the man is going to lower it if you keep listening to him. He's the guy that had the coronavirus. He tells you to wear a mask and stay at home like my brother tells you to do. You got to stay at home. You got to quarantine. You got to wear a mask. And when he had the COVID, he was out there at restaurants and bars and everything else spreading it. I mean, isn't that delightful that he escaped because he's out in the Hamptons and, and my brother's the governor, so you can't talk to me like that. I mean, that I mean, he's the epitome of the people that'll be the ruling class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, the sword has now been drawn and only God knows when it's going to be sheathed. It's time for men to take a stand. Do it in the legal way. Do it in the right way. But take a stand. And one of those stands needs to be defy the tyrannical orders. Defy them. Don't wear the mask. Don't close your business. Because the goal is to have them all closed for the new reset, the great reset. Stop. And if people stop, It will end because they are cowards and they cannot stand against the might of the people, which is why they keep us divided and they keep us in fear. And you and I know, Bob, that's how every tyranny in history has ever worked. Our guest today in the program, Truth to Ponder, is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, one of my good friends and and somebody that does like I do. We, we just try to read, research, and dig deep. Don't just take the sound bites and the headlines. Look for the news behind the news. There's a lot going on that's hard to see. And we just try to bring you some truth and some facts and some information that's hard to find. But if you look for it, you'll find that it's really there. We don't make stuff up. We may speculate, and if we do, we tell you we are. We just want you to think for yourself. We live in a very unique time. And I firmly believe that we're never going to go back to the normal we knew prior to the pandemic. The pandemic will be used to change how we live. And I'm I'm assured of that in my heart and in my prayer life. And we'll talk more about that. Right now, we need to take a break. Uh, if you'd like to write the program, by the way, we have a mailing address. And that is 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K, 
S-H-I-R-E Lane, number 263. That's our little P.O. box in our little community here in the mountains. In the city of Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. We'll give the address before the end of the program. Right now we have this break and we will be back. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Once again, I want to remind you that this program is a labor of love on my part, yet there are some costs involved. I don't get paid, but uh, the radio station needs to get paid each month and a few other little bills that go along with it. If you are appreciating this show, the best thing you can do first is let me know. A lot of people have been writing of late. I've got letters that I've literally got to take a day and and reply. I've already got some envelopes ready to go for some that have already written. And since then, a few more letters came in. And I, I want to thank you for, for listening. And a number of you say you're praying for this program. Well, of all the things you could ever do for Truth to Ponder is pray. Pray and, you know, praying is more important than anything else you can do. The second thing you can do, if you can help financially, whether it's $5 here and there, $20, whatever whatever you can do, it all goes to pay what few bills we have. And, and over 90% of our, our monthly operating bill is shortwave radio time. The rest is web hosting and putting out the podcast. That's pretty much it. And uh, I'm trying to put a few dollars aside to even have an app for those who would like to have it. While the internet is still viable, we're going to use it as heavily as we can. We're going to be moving away from Facebook, and and I think we're on Facebook and Twitter automated in terms of letting you know when a new program is up. But I've gotten to the point that I'm not going to share anything that's controversial on Twitter or Facebook. It's just not worth it. It's time that Christians begin to pull the plug from the tech tyrants and go somewhere else. And that's what we're doing. Uh, we'll still be there with the the lightest of, of loads, so to speak, just to mention we're there and find us somewhere else. That's what I'm working toward. So I, I know that someday that might even be gone. But for now, we need to build the platforms we can. Shortwave, well, it's viable to a degree as long as we have the freedom uh, and we're allowed to use it and get our program distributed. Only time will tell. Uh, a lot of people say the hobbyists love it. Well, unfortunately, the hobbyists aren't paying the power bill and, and the replacement parts, maintenance, and, and staff. There's no grants. There's no free money that falls from the government or the sky to keep this, the shortwave stations on the air. And as wonderful as we've done, I, I still have to cover that cost each month. There are two ways you can help. You can go to the website which is truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. And there is a way you can donate from there uh, to support the program. And and several people have done that, and I can't begin to thank you enough for, for doing that. Um, you've made this month of November, well, you cut my personal outlay by, by about a third so far, so that's that's helpful. 
and you can do it from there. Our mailing address in Georgia, where we're at right now, we have a little place up here and a little place down in Florida. And uh, not that we're wealthy. Don't don't read that the wrong way. Believe me on that. Um, our address here is 21 Berkshire Lane. That's B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E Lane at number 263. And we are in the big city of Sky Valley, Georgia. Sky Valley, two words, Georgia. Zip code 30537. And I'll give that address again before the end of the program today. My guest is the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales. We've been talking about Monday, yesterday we talked about the election and the weirdness that goes on, the the cheating. I mean, this has been ripe for fraud. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And we have used this COVID virus we're talking about right now, COVID-19, and and it has been more of a political bludgeoning tool than anything else I've ever seen in my life. You know, you, you get some facts and figures from places like CNN or and the CDC will say, well, what about the CDC, Bob? Let me tell you something. President Trump cut some of their budget. He did? You mean the medical people? No, not the medical side. Let me explain something. A huge part of the CDC budget has nothing to do with disease or disease control. They are into lifestyle, uh, trying to undo the Second Amendment, and a lot of other things. There are people that have no medical background working in public policy for the CDC, and that's where the cuts were made. Well, that's also the swamp, and the swamp is fighting back. And so the CDC, I've lost some of my trust. Would, Would that be fair to say, Dr. Gales, that maybe we shouldn't exactly trust everything from the CDC? Absolutely. The CDC is known to have been wrong on numerous occasions. They have also been corrupt in other areas. And I want you to remember something. The CDC itself holds patents to vaccines. Hmm. Now, do you see that as a conflict of interest? Could be. Yeah. Well, Understand, do your homework. People need to do their homework and understand that these gold standards, as Bill Gates would call them, are funded by him in a big way, are controlled by him in a big way, and hold the very patents to vaccines that are being propagated to the public. I see that as a huge problem. Oh, I do too. And, you know, one of the things that disturbed me when uh, Pfizer made that wonderful announcement that our vaccine is 90% effective. Well, whether I believe that or not, it doesn't make any difference, whatever the numbers. But I think, why did they wait when they probably have had these numbers for a couple of weeks? And didn't somebody sell some stock in that company right after that announcement was made and, and uh, and the stock market just exploded? Yep. They sold 60% of the stock because of the spike um, that went up when the announcement was made. Everybody was happy. Uh, but why? Why Just to cash out, why not keep it there when you know that this is going to go around the world, you're going to make billions and billions more, and it's just going to go up? And the reason is because the very unpublicized aspect about the 90% effective COVID vaccine is that it has what they term, quote, novel tech 
unquote, in mm-hmm. it. That's novel technology, which is nanoparticle, nanobot. When this goes into your body, this, they don't even know. It has unforeseen consequences that they admit, so they don't even know what's going to happen to people. As a matter of fact, another article came out yesterday saying there probably will be um, uncomfortable consequences when people take it. In other words, going to be lots of pain and other things. But you know, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry the, about yeah, that. Yeah, because the coronavirus won't kill you anymore. I mean, no, a vaccine know, will. I, look, I I know people, and and I I I love these people dearly. They mean so well. But when they heard like that, one of our you know our daughters in their like thirties had come down with the virus up in New Jersey, they thought it was a death sentence at that, oh, oh, that's terrible. How long do you think she has? I mean, did you, th- th- think about that, okay? How long do you think she has? And the answer was, oh, she'll be fine in about two weeks. And there was like a long pause. You mean she's not going to die? I mean, th- this is this is how much of a scare the media's put out there that when you get the coronavirus it's a death sentence. And it wasn't. She had about a um, couple of days of upset stomach, then a few days of breathing issues, and then all of a sudden, the without anything in the middle, she got well, started walking a mile a day again within, um, you know, on her 11th day. Oh, it sounds like a flu. But who am I? Right? Well, she tested positive, allegedly, but, you know, yeah, of course. And that's what you're seeing happening, because in even in the flu vaccine, you're going to have coronavirus elements because it's it's many times it's cultured in an animal or an egg or, you know, animals have coronaviruses, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to pick it up in one way or another, even though you may not have coronavirus, but you're going to pick up the coronavirus if you have the flu. Here, here's the thing, you know, w- what we need to understand is the game, because we're looking at a game. We're looking at a game of smoke and mirrors, a game of semantics, words. We're looking at this idea of total trust in terms like science, experts, and then we'll use me. Oh, I love it when CNN. I love it when you see Biden and Kamala Harris, and you know you have uh, you know Saint Anthony Cuomo from New York going. New York believes only in science. <laughs> yep, yep. And well, the same science that killed more people per hundred thousand than any other state. Is yep. that what you believe in? Sure killed many of them or was it new jersey i think new jersey actually was able to beat new york's rate if i'm not mistaken probably probably and you've got you know murphy and and cuomo and wolf they're all on the same team they're deep state Mm -hmm. every last one of them are controlled uh and that's why you know including whitmer and uh michigan so these individuals are playing the tune right they're dancing to the piper So what do we do as human beings? What do we do as people who love liberty? What do we do when we are in a place where it seems everything we depend on, TV, What do you do if you're in in Chi-Town, Chicago, and you've been told, cancel your Thanksgiving, you can't have it? No more than 10 people were told. And if you're going to have it, have it outside. Well, that's that's, that's California. Even if you have it outside, no Cuomo said this. And he said, don't hug 
shake hands, and bring your own food and utensils. Mm. You know what I say to that? Well, I can't say that online. Either can I, but I'm tempted to. Oh, yeah. It's not going to happen. Defy them. Defy them is what I'm saying. Because the numbers don't add up. The true science does not add up. It is verifiable. Defy them. And if enough people turn around and say no more, then it will bend. It has to bend. It takes a little time, but you can go dig the numbers out. I mean, look, I've been doing that. I got involved with this early on because I was paid to. And by the time May rolled around, I realized this is nonsense. There's something that doesn't add up. And I mean, I'm hired to work back in emergency management. And I'm the kind of a guy that can tell if we're really having an issue or not. And the numbers we're told and what we're seeing and everything that it's going along with it, none of it made any sense to me whatsoever. And and I, I just walked away from it. I mean, I came out of retirement to do this. And, you know, I got paid very well. And so I come from actually being on the other side of the of the data you look at. And I'm looking at all the raw data and I'm going, this stinks. There's something just doesn't add up to me. Why are we doing all of this? This is foolishness. But one thing that stands out to this day, and I'm going to double check the numbers again, but the last time that I checked about a week or two ago, and before the case-demic, which is not giving us these you know, huge numbers of deaths, if it was following that track, you'd know about it by now. We wouldn't have. And once again, are these all COVID deaths really? Uh, or are they... Uh, are they COVID related or maybe COVID with it? Those are other questions we'll get into in another program. But if COVID is such a terrible thing, and, and the CDC tries to imply we have 205,000 um, unexplained deaths this year. And hmm. okay. And so that means it must be COVID in everybody's mind. But we also have an uptick in suicides and a bunch of other stuff too. But even with all that, we have, a, we have less people dying this year than last year and the year before, up to date. What gives? That's right. Well, we do have less dying because there's something wrong. There's a lie being perpetrated, being perpetrated by these PCR test numbers with no deaths, really. And the deaths that have happened, we still haven't determined whether it was with COVID or from COVID. So even there, we're seeing an ambiguity. You know, life is being handed to us Mm -hmm. in an illusory way based on ambiguity and a lack of research. I looked at a stat that just amazed me, and it was this is easy to follow from the various state websites. We're not trying to, this is not made up by me or some third party. Um, you, You know when the mass mandates went into effect in certain states and when they opened up or shut down. Uh, Florida, for example, opened things up pretty much in June. And everybody said they're going to have just terrible rates of deaths. And then you look at other states in the north and the northeast, Illinois, for example, and and, and others in that region uh, that didn't open up, instead had a mask mandate. Well, their case numbers are skyrocketing upward, and Florida was going down during that same period of time. Why? Because we stopped living in the fear yep 
and fear is the paralysis. And if we stop living in the paralysis, men can think again and start doing. Where are they? And I say that over and over. If you're listening here, what will you do? What can we do? The first thing is don't be afraid. Stop with the fear. Stand up and be counted. I told my wife the other day, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Mm-hmm. Unless you're on your knees to Almighty God. That's right. And even that's not dying, but it is dying to self to do his will. You know, one of the things that I like about where we spend time here in Georgia and this part, right, we're right on, on the North Carolina line. A lot of the folk around here aren't buying into all this. There are some stores you can go to. Nobody wears a mask. Nobody's gotten sick. Nobody's died. And, you know, they, they're beginning to, to see through it. When you look at the number of elderly, for example, that would normally have died in where I'm at, this part of the world, it's virtually unchanged. If anything, it's down. And we have just a handful of supposed uh, COVID deaths um, since the very beginning. And we hear about infections, but nobody can talk about anybody they know that's really been sick with it up here. So there's this attitude like, we're done. And you're going to find that in a lot of places. But in the inner city, they, they, they really work on the fear. And they tend to be run by the most despicable of all politicians, like a uh, de Blasio, for example. Yeah. You know, again, this is between light and darkness, okay? The de Blasios of the world, the, the Cuomos of the world, the Murphys, all over the place, okay? We are in the global issue. And I have to tell you, one of my heroes in history was Churchill. Yes. He was I one like of him. my heroes. And Churchill, you know, let me quote his, his final um, statement in one of his speeches. Mm-hmm. He said this, Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad, unlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Isle and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. I remember that so well. We're going to run out of time, and I know tomorrow when, I, when I'm when i on the program, I'm going to deal with some of these numbers, and I'll kind of share some statistics with you uh, that I have been finding. And the mainstream media, you know, they, they, they give you figures, but they, they don't give all of them. Uh, like I say, okay, so we have a case-demic now. Lots of cases, but we're not seeing... Oh, the hospitals are being filled up. Let me ask you a question. You you know you probably would know this from where you live. Um, how's the flu doing this year compared to last year? <laughs> I've never heard anybody have the flu. They apparently all have COVID. That's my point. You know, when you look at prior year numbers of people going into the hospital with the flu, they're tracking the same as this year's numbers for going in for COVID. But there's nobody with the flu. 
That's right. This is um, one of the deceptions. Yes, it is. It's it's flu season, my friend, and so we always see an increase in hospitalizations. I'm looking at this one dashboard, and I had to double check the data behind it. Uh, it's showing you know how many ventilators in use, how many this in use, how many that in use, how many, and it turns out that's everything. That's not COVID. That's everybody, whether it's a heart attack, whether it's uh, the flu, whether it's COPD, whether it's lung cancer, you know, so, you know, it's it's not COVID that's overwhelming the system at the moment. Now that I'm beginning to get behind the numbers, you know, we have all these cases, but these cases are not going to the hospital and they're not going to the morgue like they were. So I'm beginning to to wonder between the pandemic and the cheating on the election, there's a lot going on, and we'll talk more about it pretty soon. Uh, Dr. Gales, give everybody their your contact information. Um, almost forgot to do it yesterday, and I did it toward the end. Uh, but go ahead, but any any last thoughts that you want to share, and then also your contact info. No matter what we are facing, which is frightening to be quite honest with you. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. We don't follow men. We don't follow the ways of the world. Rather, we stand against it, not in defiance of our opinions, but in defiance of what is evil and what is wrong. And we do that to defend the weak. And Jesus himself said that when you are weak, then you are strong. So we trust in him. My contact is Dr. Tim Heart to Heart at gmail.com, and that two is the number two. Dr. Tim Heart to Heart, the number two, at gmail.com. My guest today on the program has been the Reverend Dr. Timothy Gales, a regular here on, on Truth to Ponder. And I want to thank him for being here today and sharing from his heart. The things that he is observing, the things that he's praying about, the things that, just like I am, we're seeing and feeling. I get a lot of correspondence from people, and I'm also friends with a lot of folk around the country, some in ministry, and and most of us are getting this same strange pit in our stomach, this this unusual feeling that there's something, there's something happening in this world today. And it's like we were saying on the program today, will will normal ever return, whatever that normal was? And I want to stop for just a moment right there and, and give a few thoughts about what normal is and what normal is not. If we want to go back to the normal of, let's say, last year at this time, getting ready to, here in the United States, celebrate Thanksgiving, followed by Christmas and the New Year, or are we going to go back to the normal we may have known 30 or 40 years ago? All of us have heard a thousand times in our lifetime the analogy of the frog. You put a frog in hot, boiling water, he'll jump right out. Put him in cool water and slowly heat it up. He'll become complacent and boiled to death. And I think for many of us in this world, for too many of us, we have been like the frog in the cool water, and we keep ignoring the fact that they keep turning up the heat. We accept things today in this world we would never have dreamed possible 
30, 40, or 50 years ago. If I was back 50 years ago, the beginning of my radio career, right on the threshold of starting, if I had heard of men getting married to men and adopting children, I would have looked at you with the strangest look like, you're crazy. That'll never happen. That's impossible. That's weird. That's too strange. Yet, you look at Anderson Cooper on on CNN, you know, one of the ones that try to tell you how to live your life. He and his partner have adopted a young baby child a while back. When I was born, that would have been unheard of. Today, we have more children born out of wedlock than in wedlock. The entire institution of the nuclear family and marriage is being systematically dismantled. If you are a person of faith, that same demonically possessed media condemns you as one of those nut jobs, those strange Christians, those deplorables, those people with low intellect. We see politicians today that used to have a respect. I can remember a couple of things that Governor Anthony Cuomo in New York has said during this pandemic. Going back, and I mentioned this before, way back in, I think it was April, when their numbers began to come down a little bit, and he had a press conference, and he was going, he just came right out and said, God didn't do this. Prayer didn't do this. Faith didn't do this. We did it. We did it. The arrogance in his little Napoleon mind, he had to make himself big. He wants to be bigger than God. He's abandoned whatever faith he was given, if at all, in his childhood. He's walked away. That's not a judgment. That's just an observation. Because people that truly love the Lord don't behave that way. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. That's what we're seeing on TV. God didn't do this. Prayer didn't do this. Faith had nothing to do with this. We did it. And he points to himself. We did it. In everything that he's done in recent months, more of the same arrogance shows forth. Closing worship places, but celebrating riots. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But this is the deception the media now has because they have sold their soul to Satan. I don't care what you say. How do people get paid $23 million a year or a million dollars a month or $2 million a month? What makes them so special to be on CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS? We are to look up to them as our heroes and people of extreme knowledge. But that media that used to be very factual now is driven by a satanic agenda. Our time is just about over for today's broadcast. Want you to know that this program is a labor of love on my part, but the shortwave airtime is not free. And it is absolutely the bulk of our monthly budget. Want to thank those that have actually used the website to make a gift to the program. Large or small, they all add up more than you'll ever know. 
If you want to mail something to help the program out, we are Truth to Ponder, and we are found at 21 Berkshire Lane. That's 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, Lane, in Sky Valley. Two words, Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. By the way, on that 21 Berkshire Lane, add the number 263. That's our little P.O. box up here in the mountains. Whether it's $5 or whatever, you'd be surprised how it all adds up. And until tomorrow, at this same time, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.